the Colored by Felix podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Colored by Felix podcast. And I am really excited because we have an amazing artist with us today. His name is Lane Johnson. Lane, thank you for joining us today. We're really excited to talk to you today. Awesome. Welcome. I'm glad to be here and welcome to my studio. So if you, there, nobody is seeing this in the background, are they? Is this audio, really? Uh, there well, will yeah. be video, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Well, it's your studio is really pretty. So, <laughs> where read, where is your is it is it in the house in the garage or is uh, it a separate no? Room? I have a separate studio from our house. We built this about seven or eight years ago, and uh, it's a big twenty four by twenty four open room that I can switch it around as I need it. Move easels around. Everything's on casters. And just recently, we got uh, Starlink, so our Zoom calls are way better now. And uh, Starlink, uh, I was able to put, we're putting Ethernet in. So I recently, last few days, flopped everything in the studio. So the, the table I'm in front of, I had to move all that, all the heavy equipment, we had to move it. So, but that this is the way it'll be from now on. And uh, it's a big, you know, I've got a very large window to mm -hmm. paint under. So awesome. it's yeah, the lighting, the lighting is very important. And I see it you is. have really good lighting there. Yes. So Lane, I found your work through, you know, that's how I found mo most of my, the artists are on Instagram and uh, mm -hmm. art featuring page shared your work. And I was like blown away by the details and the big paintings that you do with uh, mm -hmm. the one. Uh, there's many that caught my eye, but I remember there was a beautiful like uh, so colorful but it wasn't too too much color but it was like just a nice tint of uh, like this huge cloud coming in with a little bit of color coming in to, onto the ground and and the way you created that landscape just the composition was just beautiful and uh, i started following you and, and looking at your work and you have a really good eye to like it's not just the landscape it's it's just the composition and the layout of where you put your trees your clouds everything seems like such a good capture you know and it's beautiful and 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 i just uh, just love every work you know every piece that you do and that's how i found you and i'm very interested in you know hearing more about how you started and and you do and that's oil painting right yes yeah i've painted in pretty much everything over the years uh you know i i People know I painted uh, for children's books for like 15 years, and I started with watercolor in that, and then uh, I was painting with acrylic. Uh, that was more for covers, but finally I transitioned over to oils for all my picture books. And so I, I basically, my history is I started in oils when I was like a young teenager, and then I went to acrylics, and then through high school and college, acrylics gouache, water, everything, uh, ink, everything. And then uh, when I got to children's books, I finally came back to oils. And oils is my first love, really. Uh, I can I can just do so, more, so much more with it. I, I was painting acrylic paintings, and people were attributing them as being oils. And, and because that's the way I, I see and the way I want to make it look. And I finally just realized, this, why am I trying to mimic oils when I can just paint in oils? So... Uh, that's mm. that's where I went with that. So that's really cool because we've interviewed. It seems like yeah, it's like it's like you almost your instincts know what you want to do because we've mm -hmm. interviewed people who use acrylics and are able to achieve kind of a watercolor effect as well. Yep. So it's kind of interesting yep. how people kind of their eye is drawn to a certain thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. 
So how I had a question about like, whenever you're doing a piece, how long does it usually take you? I know oil is dry, but uh, when you like dry longer. And so Mm -hmm. when you work on adding like the next section, the next, like, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, as you get closer layer, um, doesn't, don't you have to wait until it like dries or, or is, or do you like, uh, how long does it take you to finish a painting and how do you work? Uh, Well, I'll give you a couple of different answers. Uh, First of all, I paint in layers and uh, I typically will paint in the afternoon uh, and I use a drying uh, medium. Liquid is one of the ones I use. There are Mm -hmm. several good ones out there. Liquid works fine. And so I'll paint all afternoon and then the next day I'll come back and it'll be all dry. So Mm -hmm. I'll work or I can work in a different area if something isn't dry, but it's dry. So uh, that, again, that's what changed the, the equation when I was in children's books, because you were on a deadline and you had to get your work dry. Mm-hmm. So it, it, that, once I learned about that, it, you know, never turned, the, I never went back, you know, from that. Does, so, does that, does that adding that, does that affect the way that oils uh, in the end look, or is it just, it, no, it's like no, text, it's, uh, well, the way I learned and, and I learned basically in the beginning, you just use whatever in college we were using turpentine. And so you would thin your paint in the beginning and you'd paint and, and then finish it. We weren't using mediums at all. And nowadays we know that it's, it's better. You can start like that, but if you're, if you're painting too thinly throughout the painting, you're creating weak layers that can not support a good painting. So you you do need to follow a fat over lean rule. So as you get further into painting, you're adding more of your medium and whatever medium that is, it can be linseed oil. Linseed oil is of course very fat. Uh, uh, Liquid is considered a a fat still. So you just have to keep it uh, moving in the right direction. So that at the end of the painting, regardless of what it looks like, it's a solid painting that'll last for a long time. So Mm -hmm. you have to construct a good painting. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to to know also like where you learned all of this. Like you went to art school? I went to, yeah, I went to art school, but I took painting 101. And this is back in 1978. And back then, art was very different than it is now. Uh, There was not a whole lot of representational painting in vogue at the time. And so when I saw what everybody else was producing, uh, I, I was like, I don't want to do that. And I kind of went, uh, went a different route. I became a graphic designer and then later a, an illustrator. So I had built a career on all those things, but in the same time I would paint on the side just for myself. So over, over all the years, when I did children's books, I learned a lot of things and, and techniques just because more and more things were available to learn from. Uh, when, when the internet came into being, you know, by then I'd already, was pretty much where I am now. There were, when I began, there just wasn't a, not a lot of people teaching basic oil painting. It wasn't around. I, I learned from uh, the little bit that I learned was from uh, a lady that was in our neighborhood who painted in oils and, and was very, you know, I don't want to say amateurish, but she, she, you know, they, they, she knew to paint in oils and produce little paintings that were, you know, Nice and everybody would meet at the church and go paint together. So uh, I learned the basics from basically like that. But, uh, you know, w- w- there were certain books, Walter Foster books that were around and they only show 
little segments of a painting progress, but it's, that's all I had access to. But I think by the time I graduated college, that was in 82, uh, Bob Ross was coming out. Uh, I never knew Bob Ross until that later. I never watched him. Uh, of course, I, I enjoyed watching him later, but uh, the one I remember seeing that I never followed because that's not the way I painted was Willie Alexander, who taught Bob Ross. And uh, uh, a lot of people try to learn, learn painting from Bob Ross and it's wet on wet and they struggle with it because it's not as easy as he does the painting in 30 minutes and he practices like two or three paintings. And, and I would never say his paintings are masterpieces. So uh, they're entertaining paintings and people enjoy watching him as do I, but uh, it's not the way I paint at all. Painting in layers is not that technique at all. So mm -hmm. uh it never would have helped me. It, and, and, and I think sometimes it gets people in trouble. They're trying to learn the, the, the basics and they're complaining about all their colors are going to mud and their blending things are going, getting muddy. It's like, yep, you're painting. And as a beginner, you're trying to do this and it's, it's hard. Uh, it's, so when I teach painting, I teach uh, in a way that's, uh, you know, easier to understand it's step-by-step. Step. You're not racing to get a lot of paint down fast. It's, it's relaxing. You can take your time and more, more importantly, it's repeatable. You can learn how to paint this way and you can go to your next painting and bring whatever you learned from the previous painting and continue repeating successes or failures. The, the thing is you, you learn from making mistakes and uh, at least I, I hope we do. I know I have. So uh, it's important to just, uh, you know, keep going forward. You asked me earlier about the, uh, how long does it take to do a painting? And the, I had an answer that I gave, because I got this question. I, I visited lots of schools and saw lots of children over the years doing children's books. And uh, I would get that question, how long does it take to do a painting? And I said, well, it depends. If you're painting an egg or if you're painting a skyscraper with all those windows, one takes longer than the other. Mm -hmm. So it depends on the detail of something, if what's involved. And then, of course, the size, you know, uh, I, I painted a 30 and 30 challenge uh, a couple of years ago, and it, it, you're painting basically one painting a day. And the way I did it, I would do like an uh, uh, underpainting or whatever, the beginning part, imprimatura, one morning, and then the, in the afternoon, I would complete the previous day's painting. So basically, it's still one painting a day, but you're ending up with 30 paintings within a month. And so, but they're only, they were only six by six inches. So mm -hmm. that's how you can do that quickly, but you start working really large and it's just a different animal. It's, you have to be patient. And, and like I told kids in, in school visits, it's like, there are certain parts of a painting. You know, I, I chose them. This is the way a painting started for children's books. I showed them the pencil and I'm going to show them a mock-up of it. And then I would show them the finished piece of art and, and they would see the process so uh, it's, it's just different when you're working larger. There are certain uh, areas of the painting that I call them the ugly phase because it's not ugly. It's just that's part of blocking in something. And, and people get frustrated because they're trying to achieve something so quickly and realizing that it's like it takes time to create something. You know, mm -hmm. if you're cooking food, you can't just go, voila, look, there's a meal. Or mm -hmm. it, it, it takes time, especially baking or anything like that. You know, you have all these steps that you have to do. And at the end, it's like, wow, that was awesome. 
So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, when I finish the painting, whether it's six inches or it's, you know, six feet, I want to, I want the viewer to look like, look, I want them to feel as though they can step into the painting, you know, that it's a real place, you know? So, uh, mm -hmm. That's what's important for me, at least. So anyway, it, size, you know, it takes longer. So like a, this mm -hmm. painting way back here is a 30 by 40 that okay. is just completed. And that size takes anywhere from four to six weeks, depending on what's involved in the painting. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, makes sense. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah. No, um, also, uh, it's interesting you brought up this uh, topic about the sizes, because I noticed, have you ever had that where you're painting, you painted a small painting and you're like, oh, this, this is beautiful. It looks really good. Mm -hmm. But then I remember what, what happened to me probably a few times when I tried to paint the same image in a big painting, it mm -hmm. does not look the same. Even with the details, you add more details, just the, just the picture itself does not look the same. So, right. so like deciding the size is also important, you know, of, it is. of the uh, piece. I was talking so, about this to my students yesterday, that if you look at something on Instagram or you're looking at something on your phone, and if it's not a very good painting, but it's small, it looks better. But if it's a large painting and you're looking at it on your phone, it tends to look worse for some reason. The, seeing a large painting that's done well in person, it, makes all the difference. It's, yeah. it's just the nature of it, but uh, yeah, it's some things don't translate and, and uh, you do just have to, you know, along your journey, get the experience of what works and what doesn't work. And sometimes what you do need is just simply uh, more reference or something like that. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things I remember um, I, I had my hand spanked with or on in, in painting 101 by the teacher because I was Mr. Magic Hands. He called me Magic Hands. And I would paint a landscape and he, and he said, you're not painting what you're looking at. And I said, well, what do you mean? I'm painting a tree. And, and he said, yeah, you're painting a tree. You're not painting that tree. So observation of real things is, is the thing that does get a more authentic painting for a landscape, at least. But like I say, you can extrapolate, but you need the experience of that that will help you create that kind of nice tree or that nice scene or whatever you can edit things you can move things and such but like if you want to paint a authentic looking let's say a post oak then you need to kind of look at them and see what they their nature is and from that you can extrapolate you know the limbs of a post oak are different than a limb of let's say a red oak or something like that so the more experience and that really means getting out with your eyes and, and getting out in the world. And I'm talking about landscapes and seeing. And of course, if you're doing figurative, that means you're looking at figures and studying under under that method. So mm -hmm. it's uh, it's you know it's always you know don't don't I don't I'll never pretend I'll go oh I don't ever have any problems I have problems all the time. So uh, but I've got Sandra she'll fix it all. So <laughs> <laughs> she's almost so you always right. She'll say. You need to do something here, and I go. Yeah, okay. You're, I'll say no. Yeah, that's that's I do that that's, too. That's, that's it looks great, and then I come back and go. She's right. <laughs> yeah. First, you're like, no, no, it's good, it's good. It's and good. You I kind of have this yeah. little bit, but then you come back and sit for a minute, and you're like, yeah, she's yep. right. I gotta, I gotta do this. You yeah, know, well, which is a good, uh, good challenge for us. We need it that. Is. You know. I mean, one of the things nowadays, because we have all this cool technology. I mean, you can have your cell phone, and you look at something, and you want to change it, but it's like, well hang on, let me take a picture of it. And I bring it onto the computer and move some things around or do whatever I want to do to it and, and go, Oh, that won't work. Or, Oh, that works good. And then I'll project that little 
image and then make the change. That way you're not just committing to something and then go, Oh, I didn't like the way it worked out. So mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. a little work around. Nice. Now I have a couple of quick questions before we move on is when you talk about, um, you know, referencing real life, do you mm -hmm. think there comes a point like, like, do you still go out and reference from real life? Or do you think that it's like you've now acquired that foundation and now it actually is more helpful to just go from your experience and imagination? It's honestly, I'll always go to real reference and I, I will use my imagination or I'll find myself painting in clouds and not looking at anything because I've done this a lot more and I understand the structure of certain kind of clouds and lighting. Lighting is everything. But I, the, what I was getting back to with uh, my magic cans, the teacher telling me that he said, you're painting manneristically. And I said, if you want to paint real things, you, got, you have to go see real things. You have to paint what you see. So uh, in, in the end, you know, you can, you can just paint from your imagination. I'll, I'll never say there's nothing, there's anything wrong with that. But uh, with me, at least, I can only go from that so far. And uh, so if I'm looking, I, I will always go out exploring and uh, find this things that I like to paint and see landscapes that I like to see. And then, of course, if I say, well, I think I need a, a tree here. And then I can add that. It needs something for a composition or something like that. Uh, that that's very different. But it's it's. I run into people saying I'm not inspired. I, I've lost my inspiration. And and I ask, so what's the problem? And he goes, I just can't think of anything to paint. It's like, go paint what's in front of you. Mm -hmm. Go outside, look around, paint in plein air. You know, paint, paint a still life in front of you. Make it that because they're so stuck in thinking that I'm not creative unless I'm making it up out of my head. And that's just right. not the case. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the part of being an, a representational painter is you're not just learning hand skills or, or eye hand skills. You're learning visual skills of seeing the way to see. And so when I go out and I'm looking in the Texas Hill Country, let's say, I'm looking for structure. What's interesting to me that will create, I see the possibilities for the, the, the painting. So uh you really do have to just explore. I think it'll open up new new worlds for you. And sometimes you'll be working in a painting and you'll just, here's Bob Ross thing, a happy accident. Some, you'll do something and it's like, hey, and something will be, just go, oh, that could be this now. This could be a, an outcropping of rock. And you could, that, you know, you can call it inspiration or whatever. It's just being able to see, you know, to be able mm -hmm. to, you know, look at things a little differently to perhaps bring out something new. So that's mm -hmm. what I did. That's really cool. And then last question on that topic. I was just wondering, like, because we've talked about on the podcast before um, that people who are trying to just be a hundred percent photorealistic, mm -hmm. um, unless that is really your goal. Like I think, you know, for a lot of artists that might be kind of missing the point, right. Cause you want yep. to add a little bit of your own touch to it. Yep. And so with you um, advocating that approach where you're, you know, you immerse yourself in real nature and you study it, where does the addition come from? Because I, is it all about the light? Because that's what I noticed looking at your work is there is some light. very interesting stuff that you do with light. Is that where yours comes in? Mm -hmm. I, I love the way light plays on things and that's where you create drama. I mean, this is coming from my background in children's books is uh, I, I always, I always think like a, perhaps a cinematographer thinks I will light something that's in a way that's not just boring. And uh, it's just, I see 
I see people doing paintings. It's like, well, that's a well-executed painting. It doesn't move me to, you know, it, it, it looks like a nice painting. It doesn't make me want to go, wow, I want to have that painting or, oh, this reminds me of this place or, you know, uh, it, it, it's not an experience for me. And I want the, an experience. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, what was the first part of your question? I'm sure I no, no, that was, off. that was really it. It's like for the people out there who are maybe they find themselves just stuck in this box of painting exactly what they see. It's right. like, where well, do they add I'm a big something proponent, else their own touch? I'm a big proponent of painting an impression of detail. People go, you have so much detail in your paintings. Well, if you see the painting in person, you're going to go, Oh, there, there is detail there, but there's a lot of it is the impression of detail. And so uh, I, I, I can never understand anybody that, and there are people out there, they paint super photorealistically. And there are some of them that start up at the upper corner of a painting and it's all penciled out and they just fill it all in. And the end result is a very realistic painting, but I just can't imagine that being a fun experience to paint. Uh, for me, it would not be. It's because I want to, you know, like I said, have these moments where I can go, Oh, I want to change that. Or like I teach in my courses, don't worry. You know, you go through the stages but with no worry. You get towards the end, still no worries because at the end are your final details and adjustments. That's when you can adjust things. You still have to have a solid composition from the beginning. So it's important to pay attention to that. But at the end, you know, there's just not the, the immediacy to, I've got to nail this down you know, the first try because that's what makes a lot of people be so frustrated with painting and it, it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I remember Felix always said that like that would frustrate him. Like when he first started learning and finally he was like, I'm just going to like go with the flow and see how it goes because it wasn't enjoyable. Right. That's yeah. I think it's important to, cause um, when you think about the whole image, like I have to create, it's, it's like overwhelming and can mm-hmm. be stressful, but if you just take out certain sections and focus on like just the little, that part and like you, what you were saying, just mix enough just for that. Because some, sometimes I remember I, I thought like, I have to mix all the shades in the, the painting, you know, when I first started and it was just overwhelming and the paint would dry because I'd work with acrylic, you know, Yeah. but like then I was I'm, like, I'm no. frugal, you know, I'm not going to mix all this paint. And then it's like, well, I didn't use, but this part, you know, I, I work yeah. on the part I'm going to work on. And the yeah. next morning I come back and I scrape the palette and put out whatever new paint I need or mm-hmm. the previous paint that's still there and, and doing well. And uh, I just, I, I saw somebody the other day, they, they said, they mix out all the paint and, and I'm going, why you're not using all the paint so you know yeah exactly and and when you and when i learned that you know i Mm -hmm. experimented i was like wow this is actually a lot more peaceful and enjoyable taking it in sections and just working on little parts like today i'm just going to work on getting the the sky just the background sky and then the next day the clouds and and the details and just work you you said the right thing it's like you're you felt better doing it that way. Yeah. And that's what I don't understand. A lot of people, they're so frustrated with things. And and to choose a way that has to be so exacting, it's not fun. I mean, uh, mm. now getting to the skill level where you make every stroke count and you are, say, like a John Singer Sergeant, where you're making every stroke count, 
that's a skill set to aspire to. That's fantastic. And some people get there, but there aren't that many John Singer sergeants anymore. Mm -hmm. And there were many paintings that he, at the end of his sessions of the day, he just scraped it all off. He didn't like it. So <laughs> I think he had a, he had a, a saying that uh, all of his portraits were people, something like uh, he never, he lost friends when he did the portraits. So, <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, actually, I've heard that with a couple artists. Yeah. I think also like that happened because like I remember like at least from the like documentary we watched on like Picasso or something yeah. like in the beginning, he used to do all these very realistic like portraits. And then as time went on, he got like sick of it. And so he started mm -hmm. making them like more abstract and like mm -hmm. he wouldn't show people to like the very end. And once he showed it to them, it <laughs> looked super ugly and they're like <laughs> mad. <laughs> It yeah, uh, the, you know Picasso is a good example because I always I recommend to anybody, you know, and this was the, what I ran into when I was in college that all the people that started with me in painting, I saw their paintings and I, I didn't really there's all found objects and things like that which is nothing wrong with that, but these are the same people that were taking drawing classes with me, and they just could not draw very well at all, and and so in at the end of the day it didn't matter for what they were doing. It was all these other things. But if you're a representational artist, then you, you needed to learn how to draw. And I think it's important for anyone, no matter what kind of technique you're using. And Picasso is a good example. He knew how to draw. His, I think his father was an art teacher, but mm -hmm. uh, he, he knew how to draw. And then he moved beyond it. So mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people, they, they want to start out there. And it's like, well, you can. Yeah, actually, someone commented the other day, um, that we saw and they're like you have to know the rules in order to break it and that's what like artists yeah. do or something like that mm -hmm. it's good yeah i think it, especially mechanically you know there's there's I'm, I'm not big on rules you know i will i will tell people in my courses that this this is not a compendium on everything in this thing you're trying to teach perspective that's a deep dive on anything you're trying to of course i'm probably going to do in the future will be reflections Reflections can get really complicated, uh, but it's more uh, or even color mixing. And so my, I think my son who went to SCAD, he knows more technically about color mixing than I do, but I know more about practical color mixing for painting. So uh, that may be a course that is combining both of our knowledge, because uh, I think a lot of people will get befuddled with uh, a lot of technical things in color. Mm -hmm. They're just trying to learn how to paint. You know, and you have to start at a certain point and you may understand all this, but you still have to be able to mix, you know, color on the palette. And just like uh, last night's post on Instagram, I, I showed something about simultaneous contrast and people were going sorcery. It's magic. It's like, no, it's, it's just a real thing. Google it. And it's one of those weird things about painting. It, it basically, if you've ever been mixing something on your palette and you're trying to get the right color blue, let's say on a sky and you get over there, it's like, nope, that ain't it. Cause it's, it's all comes down to the light. It, mm -hmm. It's everything. Color is contextual. It's context. So uh, you put that blue on top of them, premature orange reddish, and it's going to, look different than it did on the palette. So you wow. just have to get the experience down and get the one you want. And then later mm -hmm. again, you can adjust it if you need to. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's yeah. good. And, I uh, I, Sorry. uh, just one more thing. I just uh, talk, talking about like you were talking, uh, uh, you have courses and you're teaching, right. And mm -hmm. I can kind of relate in a way where, um, sometimes in the beginning, like to, to help, uh, an artist, I would tell them, you know, like, 
because I'm showing them in the video and it's still in the video when they're looking at the screen, it's, they're not going to see exact color. Even if they pause right. the video, it's not going to be mixed exactly like it. So no. I'm like, don't stress over trying to copy exactly what I have on the palette. If it's mm -hmm. a little shaded dark or lighter, just get something close to it and, yeah. and just move on. Like from there you learn and, and exactly. um, yeah, because it's always going to be different, even if I try to mix it again, you know? You, you know, you mentioned something that I hear a lot, and I don't understand it. And maybe because I'm just older, I don't know. But I hear a lot of people on Instagram making comments on my post saying it relieves their stress. And I'm going, You're, what's all the stress coming? Where's all the stress in the world coming from right now? And of course, I know where a lot of it is right now. You know, we're all nuclear war or whatever there's lots of stuff going on but for the average just beginning painter and, and looking at somebody painting to and your it relieves their stress i'm glad i can do that uh i just wish it wasn't i wish people weren't so stressed out that they uh they will contact me about their painting and uh they say things like i'm afraid i'm going to ruin it mm. and i'm going ruin it go ahead it's it's a it's a piece of canvas it's nothing it's not, this is not brain surgery. Uh, mm -hmm. And the th thing is, you will learn more by making mistakes than you will by making a perfect painting every time. And uh, one of the things beginning painters need to understand and embrace is, is and this, this is the word, criticism, you know, an art critic. It's, it's not a bad thing. And I would encourage anybody to find their person, their go-to person that they can ask and get an honest review from or honest answer. And it, for me, it's Sandra. She's really good. Uh, but the thing is, all the people telling you that looks beautiful, this looks great, that will never move the needle on your painting skills. Uh, it'll make mm -hmm. you, your, your ego feel good, but you're not going to learn anything that way. So mm -hmm. it is good for you to have some feet. Now, there are some people that will look at something uh, and say, give you feedback, but they'll give you feedback to make your painting more like their painting. And so you have to kind of guard against that. But if, if just several people that aren't even experts say, look at this area, another person said, yeah, this area right here, I don't know what it is. You start hearing a few of those, you need to pay attention to that because there's something going on there. Uh, mm -hmm. But again, if you have a, a mentor you can you, you can trust or you're a good friend uh, i had a good friend that uh, he was a printmaker he didn't paint at all but he had a really good eye and so you could ask him about something and he would say yeah right here or you know something like that but mm -hmm. yeah like i said criticism is not bad it's not a it's not an ugly word so uh, the more you can you know the more mistakes you make the more you're going to learn basically. Mm -hmm. So uh, don't think the mistakes are, are, are bad. They're, they're the ways to move forward. So. Mm -hmm. 100%. So with social media and being on social media, mm -hmm. um, I also have some more questions about that topic, but since we're talking about criticism, <laughs> um, how has that been like for you on social media, as you've been on there, like, have, do you get a lot of people that are like critics or do you, feel like people are mostly there just to support and how do you take that like have you ever actually like changed anything about your art based no. off of those critics <laughs> i'm very blessed to have very nice comments uh, you know 99.9 percent .9 of the time uh a i think a couple of people have made a snarky comment about something and there were always guys for some reason i don't know one lady I thought the exact same thing 
Yeah, one lady made a comment is not this last April Fools, but the previous April Fools where I dressed up as Bob Ross. You can't see me from I'm from behind. And I was talking like I talk and I kind of sound like Bob Ross, I've been told. And so then I say, I turn around and say, but I'm not Bob Ross. And I'm wearing this big Bob Ross afro. And this this lady said, I'm appropriating, you know, certain culture, blah, blah, blah. Oh, man, somebody needs to. Oh boy! <laughs> just take a walk. Like, oh, they say, say on the internet when people are getting too intense in the comment sections, the yeah. uh, the saying that has emerged is "Go touch grass." <laughs> Back in nature, remember it's just the internet. Touch it's grass. just the internet. Yeah, it's not. Mm. Yeah. So no, who? I'm curious how you got on social media. Like, was it your wife, Sandra, or your son? Who was the brilliant mastermind behind you getting on social media? It was Sandra. I mean, we got into Instagram, I guess, pretty early. Oh, six. Oh, six. oh when? No, 16. 16. Yeah, she said, oh, six. I don't, I don't think it's been around. That <laughs> <laughs> so nice. uh, that was prime time for Instagram. Yeah, the, the, I remember the first thousand were the hardest. Uh, it was rough, and it was all learning and all. I had, I was not on. I had been on Facebook for years, and I got off of Facebook because I was just wasting so much time on it. And she said, "Let's, let's use this." And uh, was it what was the first thing we posted? Do you remember? It wasn't thirty third. Uh, anyway, it. It was a long, hard slog through the first thousand. And then it, depending on when, what the algorithm is doing, uh, like you'll be humming along, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, and like, oh, what's what now? Yeah. And then I know, it's like, again. come on, Instagram. So uh, it's, yeah, it, Sandra was key to doing that and, and figuring it all out. And uh, basically, you know, I, I, I try to post something every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not that hard to do. And she, she's really good. She, all of her postings is with a cell phone. And mm-hmm. so she's got a good steady hand. And I remember some of the early posts because she would get creative and she would do this. And somebody said, well, I'm getting seasick or something. It's like, oh. <laughs> doing that. No, she does. She's really, really good. I mean, I tried to do things and I'm just uh, 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 terrible. Yeah. I don't have any hand skills, so. So. so a pro tip for artists, get a wife. That get a can wife. Help you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, uh, it's, it's, uh, it is helpful. I mean, if you're doing Instagram uh, to have somebody there to help you do it, because I mean, if you've got somebody filming, you do so, doing something, if that's what you want to do, it's mm-hmm. really hard to film yourself doing something because I've done it and putting something on a tripod means it's just rigid, it's static. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm, I like music. So when I post things, I will add music to it and I'll be playing to music. I mean, painting to the music. So uh, there are times there music hits me hard. And sometimes I will be painting something and the right thing comes along and I'll just start crying. So uh, I've always loved music. And um, what, what's, what are some of your favorite uh, artists or genres? In music? Yeah. Uh, I'm my background is I was played in orchestra and band. So mine is more classical backgrounds, uh, but motion picture soundtracks are my go-tos. Although when I'm painting a lot of times I'm painting to audiobooks 
or podcast uh, and, and music. So, uh, but there, if, if something comes on from Meet Joe Black, the other, you know, it's like, oh boy, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's that's so funny. So, it's uh, funny because Felix gets goosebumps on like yeah. some songs too. And I always make fun of him. Cause yeah. Like I try to hide them, you know, like every time I hear a nice song and I get, I start get the goosebumps all over and I start laughing and, and, and I'm like, like don't you don't, you, I'm like, you don't have goosebumps. <laughs> this is like the core progression was so good here. Andrew is cold that? <laughs> <laughs> I've always been jealous of painters and people who do visual art because of the fact that you guys get to listen while you work. I think that's, yeah. so brilliant yeah it's yeah i remember when i was writing i'd be writing something i could listen to music and write but there's no way to listen to an audiobook or you know the audiobook is something you could do while you're painting and you wow where'd that go and uh it, it's you just you can get into a painting and uh sometimes you can get in the painting i'm going well this brush is not working the way it's supposed to and it's just not cooperating. You're just not in the groove, but if you just either switch brushes, sometimes this brush is like a foliage brush I'm using will not be working the way I want. I feel like I'm clumping along uh, uh, uh. either switch the brush or just keep going. And then realizing it's all correctable later, you can all adjust it. And then you just find yourself getting into the groove again. So sometimes some days it's really easy. Other days it's harder. So that's, I think that's life, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so let's go back a little bit. Like, how did you know you wanted to be an artist? And like, was it immediately like when you were in high school or whatever? Or like, how did you become and when did you become a full-time artist? And how was that experience for you? Uh, I, like I said, I think I started, how old was that? 12 or 13 years old. And uh, I, I always loved coloring, you know? And so, so I, uh, my mom had a paint by number, uh, a couple of them. I still have one of her uh, last supper paint by number set that's on my wall. Oh. And, uh, but I was just fascinated how colors side by side, when you step back they blend together. And so I, I think I even did a few paint by numbers way back then. And then basically said, well, I don't need to do this. I can just go this book and follow the directions. I was never afraid of trying it for some reason. Mm -hmm. And so I, then I got some help with the lady in the neighborhood and uh, mm -hmm. in high school, I just, I was painting, I was a painting fool. It kept me out of trouble probably, but I just was painting, painting, painting. I met Sandra the last semester of high school in art class. Wow, so that's awesome. we lived less than a mile apart all of our life and oh we God. never knew each other till the last semester. And then we dated that's for five awesome. years and we just celebrated our 39th wedding anniversary. So oh, uh, congratulations. So that's yeah, inspiring. Yeah, but, but you know, through, through high school and then got into college, I was a graphic designer out of college and then an illustrator, freelance illustrator. And I've always been, a, that's been my main career. So I've illustrated for a long time and gotten into children's books. And those were more com complete paintings and a lot more uh, of what I would want to paint as opposed to, we want you to paint this or, or worse back in the early days, we want you to paint this in this person's style. And it's like, Aww. you know, guess what? You, you did it because you had bills to pay. Yeah. And, uh, and, and back then, honestly, I hadn't found my own style. And th that's what, that's another question I get a lot is, well, how do you find your style? And it's like, well, you've got to get through some painting miles to do that mm -hmm. because 
uh, you need to learn some things and it's good to learn from various people, various things, take what you like from somebody and, or, or not. And uh, you'll find what you work, what works for you and what will, when you paint, you, it brings out your, it makes your art seem, so to speak, it, it'll make you feel like this is what I'm meant to do. And, and then people hopefully will, will have some, will resonance on that. They will say the same thing that I really like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you found your painting style like later in life, like you were in your 20s or any? I'd say, okay, let me rewind. Back when I was doing all the illustration things, the style of painting was not uh, the oil painting style. It was to get back into representational. It wasn't even popular yet. I was an airbrush artist for a long time. Now, did that mean that everyone was doing abstract? Is that what you mean by not? I don't know. Because at, at that time, I wasn't even following art as much. I was painting on my side, but the things that I followed were ad week or uh, designer, designer communications, things like that. So I, when I came into uh, back to fine art or back to children's books, that's when I was like, hey, you're telling a story. And that's another thing that I brought from that career into what, the way I paint now is, you know, if you look at this large painting, it's, 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 there's a story there, there, you know, and every person may bring their own story with them as they step into that painting. And that's, that's magic, I think. Uh, now, with, with children's books, it was a really cool experience because you were able to create the same kind of thing but you had multiple paintings to do it with. You had page turns. And so you, you would create art based on page turns. And uh, so you wanted to re- reveal, you would either paint something that just happened or something that is happening or something that's about to happen. And so there's all these little things that you, know, you did. And uh, as an illustrator back then, as an artist, I painted a lot of people. And so you had to, you had to be able to paint a likeness and to be to carry a likeness from page to page to page. And then later in some of the other books I did, like there's one about George Washington, and he's, he started out at age 29 and then to his death, you had to paint his likeness at those ages and, and, and age him. So that yeah. was a fun project to do. And uh, a lot of, I just, I, I think I brought a lot of uh, those sensibilities to the way I paint now. And so you were doing that, you um, were doing that full time, right? So that was, yeah. you weren't having another job or, okay. Right. So you were doing art for a while now, like full time and okay. Forever. But it wasn't <laughs> until you changed into oil painting after all the illustration and stuff that you found your style. So that was like so. later in life, because what I'm saying is like, I think a lot of people like especially young people think they have to find their style like right away. So I think that it's very encouraging to hear that like you, you had all this experience that kind of led you to where you are and finding your style. It wasn't just like waking up one day and being like, Oh, I want to paint nature. Occasionally I'll bemoan and go, gosh, I wasted all those years in children's books and I could have been here sooner. And Sandra says, you're here now because of that experience. And that brought you here. So mm-hmm. never say anything bad about that. And she's right. Again. Yeah. <laughs> I would do it even you guys even one better and say that like, while you're developing, especially in this social media age, it can actually accelerate your development to raise the stakes for yourself and actually put it out there in front of people, you know, because like you said, you'll yeah. get the criticism and you'll probably get some negativity. I mean, mm-hmm. to draw a quick analogy, I've been 
building my TikTok following and it's um, I've been talking as like a, as a clothing stylist, right? Cause I worked in that industry and I really understand how other people dress and I'm a big fan of how other people dress and helping them find their style. But for mm-hmm. me personally, I spent 10 years wearing like black sweaters in Converse all-stars and old jeans. Like I didn't want to think about how I dressed. So I'm now having to figure out my own style, right? Cause mm-hmm. I'm trying to take more chances. And so I'm showing that online and it's not, that great to be perfectly honest. And I get a lot of criticism for it, Mm. but I just keep rolling. And like some people have really nasty things to say. Some people have nasty things to say disguised as nice things, you know, and you just keep rolling. And it's what I'm trying to tell people is like, it's so easy to let yourself get chased away from something you really love. Yeah, it is. And and these days really take that stuff to heart. But what you have to, like you said, you can find the lesson in it. And, you know, and, and I think that for me personally, it's like, I'm, I want to encourage people like the more you put yourself out there and just say, Hey guys, I'm a work in progress, you know, be positive at what you will, you'll learn faster. I, I can never understand people that are negative. Um, Sandra's dad, he would always say, if you don't have anything nice to say. Don't say anything at all. And that's <laughs> a good philosophy. And there are so many people with uh, so much acid and it's like, why that's, poisoning your system you're you're choking on this hate or whatever your problem is instead of embracing what's out there or paying something forward you you have a you know an opportunity in your life to be positive and to change somebody else's life mm-hmm. and uh, this is sandra you know i did not really want to teach she said you're so good i go no everybody knows this stuff and she goes no they don't i said oh yeah they do and so after feedback then you go well no, they don't. And, and so I've, that's, you know, she was, she's responsible for pushing me out of my introverted position to yeah. do the best I can. And that's all I can do. I, you know, I will never, like I say, I am the expert on painting. Uh, I just try to paint the way I paint and enjoy it. And when I teach, I want to make sure that everybody else is enjoying it too. Cause if you're not enjoying painting, why are you painting? So, yeah. And it's like, what's the alternative? Do we lock ourselves in an incubator and wait for 10 years until we're perfect before we ever put ourselves in front of the world? It's like, who wants to live like that? That's what people think. And I think honestly, like, um, that's what unfortunately like Instagram kind of like made that even worse, you know, because everyone's posting this polished image of like what their finished progress, like they don't see that you spent all this experience getting to where you are. They don't see that part. They just see your beautiful paintings and same with Felix. Like, but, um, yeah, it's like, I think also with TikTok, it's kind of breaking that down because now it's like you can't really post as polished of an image. And I think actually all the social media platforms are now pushing more towards authenticity over like perfection, which is something that was like uh, in the early days of Instagram, they kind of made that standard of perfection. Now, why but- is that? Is it because you have to post so often or what? Well, now I think it's more authentic because of TikTok. I think because you have to post like three times a day to like grow your page, you know? So like, I'm too lazy for that. 
Yeah. You can't <laughs> like make a perfect image. It's more just like you have to create on the fly, you know, versus yeah. like Instagram. I think when it started, it, a lot of people became big on Instagram because of this like perfect image they put out. But now I think people are kind of turned off by that because it was going on for so long. People mm-hmm. now want more of that like connection and more authenticity. Well, all, all I know is I will post from the beginning of a painting to the end of a painting and along the way, good, bad, or ugly, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, if somebody can learn something from that, that's great. Uh, if they want to learn more, they'll take a course. Mm-hmm. But, uh, all I know is I would have loved to had had something like that when I was learning to paint, uh, you're <clears throat> way many steps ahead of back in the day. Uh, and, uh, I'm just be, I'm, glad to be a part of it i think so yeah i think it's cool that you're a bridge between those two eras that you've been able to adapt and you've learned both ways of doing things (laughs) yeah it's uh literally i can talk to my son about that when when i was in college you know it was a different technology there was uh it was just everything there were computers weren't even around yet i learned slide rule in high school getting a calculator or a black and white TV for Christmas, which choice? And I nearly, nearly chose the calculator because that was all new stuff. And then word processors came in and then the personal computer, the Apple computer, and then computers got more powerful, more powerful. And all the technology that from graphic design, let's say uh, a lot of that disappeared. And especially when, personal computers came into access, you know, when a client can typeset their own type, they don't need you anymore. Yeah, they do because they don't know how to design very well. But I'm just saying over time, lots and lots of things have changed technologically. And uh, it's a good thing, but it's good to know the basics too. And the way I paint now is, is the basics. Of course, I use all sorts of gadgets and tools to get what I, you know, want to do. Uh, on 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 my canvas. So I, mean, I brought all that from my background in graphic design and, and the other art that I did. So well, it's it's like really impressive that you have built such a big following um, as like not having experience with all that technology, I guess, as much as like a, like young people who are just born into it, you know? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys have done a really good job and especially with like your digital courses and all of that, like you're like really far ahead. And so I wanted to also ask like how, how that has been for you guys, I guess, um, I'm guessing Sandra helps you full time and also like how, how has it been adapting to creating your digital courses versus like in person and also, um, selling your paintings? I'm, I'm assuming you sell direct to your clients and through Instagram. So how has the technology like been for you? The technology has been a great, great help. Uh, this painting back here is sold. Uh, it was sold just the other, before it was finished. It was sold, but I will sell through the art ga- my gallery as well. Uh, so uh, it's just it's technology has changed so much. Um, I was, was going to say about something that you were doing anyway. Sandra is about to answer the phone. 
Sandra is about to engage on a, a new career. She is just today, this very day, is her last day at her day job. She's been working at Hewlett Packard Enterprise, Hewlett Packard for many, many years, and she's retiring. So now she can devote all of her time to this. And she's That's, been doing congratulations. that. Congratulations. That's exciting. Yeah. That oh, is. it is. She's excited. And, but she's been doing it on the side, you know, at the end of the day, okay, we need to film something. And, and Newt, my cat, he, he's like, let's film something. And he hops up in my lap and he starts purring. <laughs> he's a, oh man, he's a, he, he's a, he knows timing. Like if we're late getting out of the studio, he's meow, 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 time to go over <laughs> there. But yeah, he, uh, at the end of the day, you know, turn the music on, whatever we want to listen to. And I'll be painting whatever I'm painting and she'll film and, there we go. And that's day, awesome. Day day. So, uh, but now I'm encouraging her. It's like, man, what would happen if you got a steady cam, a really good camera? So all these possibilities out here that uh, are in front of us now, at the same time, I don't want to get things too complicated uh, because, you know, I, I, all my graphic design teachers were Swiss and the KISS principle was a big deal. So keep it simple, stupid. So. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, That's, this yeah. this is you know not my typical daytime thing. Uh, this is the microphone I use actually when I'm recording on courses and stuff. So hopefully it's good enough quality. Oh, it's mm -hmm. great. I see the windscreen and everything. It's great. I yeah. know you're yeah. like way more professional no more, than no even more. us, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a quick question, just because you know, as a landscape artist, I've actually really wanted to know this, like. Have you traveled a lot? And if so, like, what is your favorite region? Where on earth has inspired you the most? Mm, yeah, uh, we we went to Italy in the, I think it was 08. And we were due to go to, to Spain, Italy, around right when COVID hit. And we had to cancel the whole thing. So uh, we we're about to go to Alaska. We've been to Alaska several times. Um, I love, you know, Italy's just beautiful. I've not been to Spain. I want to see what Spain is. There are parts of the U.S. that are just beautiful, too. I mean, uh, Texas has got a lot of variety to it. Uh, I remember visiting Oregon and thinking, oh, my goodness, this side of the state is like this, and there's mountains, and there's a valley, Willamette Valley, and then there's a coastline. There's all these. Oh, there's so much to see, and which means there's so much to paint. Uh, mm -hmm. Here in Texas, you know, it gets hotter, so to plein air paint is more challenging. Uh because uh, because of the heat for me, it's like I I like the comfort of my studio with air conditioning, but uh, I I need to get out more and do more of the plein air painting. Uh, we did it in Maine uh, a few years ago, the hill country, yeah. So anyway, there's there's just so much to see and favorite places. Uh, I've never been to South America. I'd love to visit Turkey. Uh, there's so many places that are just I see on Instagram and uh, or New Zealand, and it's not like you just snap your fingers and whoop, you're there right. it takes time it takes money and uh i've been approached about hey you should do a workshop in france and we'll we'll get you there i'm going because oh, again I'm, I'm an introvert you were asking about teaching in person i've done that right before covid then covid hit and uh, the, the thing is through courses i can teach so many more people than i can in just one workshop yeah, and and that's the same thing. When I was uh, in visiting a school, I would get so nervous going. I get there and be, 
And at the end of the day, I look at the teacher and I said, how do y'all do this every day? I get home, be worn out because for an introvert, that kind of activity is not your nature. And it's just like, oh, no. so, whereas an extrovert, that's like, let's keep this dude, keep doing some more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so funny because Felix is the exact same way. Like we tried to do, like we did maybe one workshop and he's like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> he's like so exhausted. Yeah. But the it funny is. thing yeah. is like to do like digital courses and stuff, like it's fine mm-hmm. for him, but like in person, he's like, this is so exhausting. Yeah, and it's... like you, Andrea pushed me to, you know, you do go. the courses um, but I really didn't want to in the beginning, you know, I, I just kind of like, I, he's an introvert. Yeah. Like I just you. wanted to keep like exploring still. And, and even now, like yeah. I'm still young and I'm learning so much. I, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm sure I'm kind of teaching the basics, but I'm like, I need some time to, you know, learn and experiment m- with myself, you know, Sandra, I've discovered this too. That's something we'll always battle with. And she says it's totally normal. And this is what you're talking about too, imposter syndrome. So, you you know, I don't know enough to teach that or blah, blah, blah. And it, basically it's me going into my shell, keeping comfortable with what I'm comfortable with. And when, but so when you have to put yourself out there and then say that, I, you know, like I said, I'm never, never going to say I'm the expert and this is the only way you should do it. Cause there are people that did say those things. But I'll say, this is the way I do it. And if it works for you, fantastic. So uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, courses are, I think, the best way for me, at least. Uh, Sandra's talking about possibly doing some sort of uh, a membership thing. Or we're try- we're going to try to get more on- onto YouTube, actually, too. Because Instagram is all filming, you know, upright like this. And YouTube is the, the full format. So as mm-hmm. uh, so the courses are the full format. So mm-hmm. uh it's well, it's Felix might. I mean, you could maybe study Felix's model when you're getting started on YouTube because they've done pretty well on there. Cool. And Felix also has paid content for uh, his lessons, but every once in a while he'll put a full lesson on YouTube. Yeah. Or and I just yeah, I think the format is super good for teachers like you guys. Yeah. Sandra, you need to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, also we found that like YouTube is where it's more like the people that are serious, the more people that are like there to learn, you know, uh, Instagram, I think it's more like entertainment. Yeah. Some people will like, uh, want to learn, but, um, we found that YouTube is definitely the best platform for learning. Okay. Hear that. So you guys are on Instagram mainly. Are you guys anywhere else? Like, have you guys opened TikTok or Facebook? Or did you get back into Facebook or just Instagram is your main platform? We, we shared a Facebook, I think, but there's just not any feedback or all the things that, and we've never tried to do ads or anything like that on, on Facebook uh, or anything really. So uh, everything that we have is pretty much organic through Instagram okay. mostly. And, and why do you think your guy, your guys' Instagram exploded? Do you think it's because? Sure. Um, <laughs> Probably. But, but like, but is it no. because of posting every day or I is think it because of? Yeah, yeah we get that question. Right. I think posting every day, there were all the rules that people would tell you. It's like, I only have six hashtags, blah, 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 blah. We've <laughs> always used maximum, only post at certain times. Uh, there's where did these people get that information from? And so <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we maximum hashtags that you can use. Um, 
try different times of the day. Yeah. But post daily. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not that hard to post daily if you just make it into your schedule really. And so uh, it's, 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 it's fun to do. Uh, like I said, YouTube, I think what we're talking about doing is more, I don't know, more, you know, it's horizontal. You can be longer than just one minute. Mm -hmm. So uh, at the same time, there's just so, so many new things out there that were there in front of us to try. Now she doesn't have a job anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting. No, I'm, I'm excited yeah. for her because yeah. it's, 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 you know how hard it is when you have to split your attention on things. Yeah. And uh, it's, I know it's harder for me when I'm trying to work on, you know, more than one painting at a time. Sometimes it's like if I'm working on a course painting and then working on a commission, you have to switch gears. And with yeah. me, I have a different palette. You know, I'm right-handed and it's kind of weird painting from the, the other side to paint on the painting. So mm, yeah, I have to understand. Yeah. Um, so you earlier, you said you um, have a gallery. You're shown in the gallery, right? That's in, in Fredericksburg, Texas. Yeah. The Good Art okay. Company. And that's the only gallery you're showing. Okay. And what would you say your experience with that um, compared to social media? Hmm. Like which one do you prefer? They're 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 apples and oranges, really. Because uh, mm. uh, they're they're on social media too. When I post something, they will uh, post it as well. So mm -hmm. it's kind of a partnership. Uh, yeah. Of course, if somebody you know calls me up and says, "Hey, I want to buy your painting directly," I'll say, "Okay," because <laughs> it's it's just there and easy, and it's yeah, it's business. Business is business. So, mm -hmm. uh, but I, yeah, the gallery thing. Again, COVID messed up a lot of the gallery stuff for a period of time. I don't know if it's a lot better yet or not, mm -hmm. but uh, in the town where this was, it's a really beautiful little town, and uh, they used to have a Friday night art walk once a month. And so mm -hmm. the various galleries would be open, and you could go and see all these various things going on. And then COVID just blasted everything; it shut everything down. Mm -hmm. And then you know, open by appointment only, and so it, I'm sure it hurt the galleries uh i was still making sales luckily i don't i was mm -hmm. blessed. so it's it's interesting because i remember like you know during that covid phase uh actually i've been getting dms and messages uh from all over the world you know parts of the world like asking if i wanted to show my art in the gallery mm -hmm. but i would have to pay yeah. uh for space yeah. And I was like, okay, it sounds like a like legit, like good gallery, but I I have to pay a few thousand dollars to just to space. Yeah. So yeah. I, I didn't go for it, but I was yeah. tempted. I was like excited. Oh, a gallery reached out to me. And you know, oh yeah, that's yeah, something important to talk about, I feel like for like younger artists, because I that we've been having that and we've never done it because yeah, it's a pay-to-play right? thing. It's don't do it. There's also another thing that you know, again, all the technology stuff is making this possible is somebody will want to buy your painting. And then they'll try. They'll send you a check that's got the the amount over what you're requesting. And then they, I don't remember the the way it goes, but it's it's there's always something goofy in it. You can check the routing number on the check. It's like the same in the real place. Mm -hmm. So you have to be cautious about uh, you know don't just send artwork anywhere uh, without mm -hmm. you know knowing for sure. And you shouldn't have to pay to play. That's a you know. I have nothing against people entering competitions and things like that, but uh, 
I, I've seen things behind the scenes on competitions I didn't care for, and uh, it gets expensive. And it's in in a way, you know, the various places that do the, those kind of competitions, they're making money on it. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's if it's important to you to do that to win awards, then go for it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Legit galleries and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, legit galleries. You don't have to. You don't have to pay. They'll. You know, I was invited. So That's and. Good. Uh, Mm-hmm. Who knows? That's yeah, good to know. That's good to know because uh, you know a lot of artists also you know once they start getting the messages they don't know what to do. They because like a New York gallery would reach reach out and it's a in Chelsea. It's a great location, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're thinking this is a great opportunity because mm-hmm. I know Chelsea. I've been in in there and there's a lot of galleries there and it's like you know, like, uh, like a tempting situation, but it's good to know, like, to be careful if, if they're asking for you to pay, that might yeah. be because. Yeah. It's, know, it's, 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 yeah. Tricky. Not yeah. a good thing. Well, guys, we're coming up to the end of the podcast and we always like to close it out with a thing called ask an artist. Um, you didn't do have it. a question, but I need to do a better job of promoing this because we didn't get any questions this week. So I just want to ask you guys a question that's that I feel like I would like to know. And so for Felix and Lane, I just want to know what's inspiring you guys currently, because I think that, you know, as an artist myself, I know inspiration changes a lot and we're always following some new thing. And so I just want to know what's currently on your mind and what you've been thinking Mm of, whether it's somebody else's art or something else in nature or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to go first lane or should I? You can go first. Okay. Well, I mean, it's steal your answer. <laughs> it's like different all the time, you know. Like it's like you don't know what you're expecting, and I kind of like, kind of like what we talked about earlier. Like you want to not think about the overall picture. Don't overthink about what's your next series or your next thing. You don't want to think too far ahead, but just kind of take it almost like a day by day type of thing. Mm-hmm. And 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 a lot of the times for me personally i would try and experiment and try something and i'm like oh that's kind of interesting i wonder if i could use my old style and or like use this and kind of work with this tool now this new tool that i'm you know that i'm excited about and see how much and then and then that gives me inspiration to uh like ideas to experiment and try you know continue uh, painting. And I think, uh, for me, it's, it's been that, you know, like just experimenting with materials and how I can bring my old, you know, uh, things that I've tested to this new tool, you know, and see what happens. That's what I'm working. That, that, that's a really good attitude to have. I used to have a friend that he had a job and he just would never leave it. And I said, how come you're getting all these bad things happening to you? Why, why don't you leave? And he said, comfort in the rut. So people, uh, artists, artists can be very, very comfortable in the way they've always doing something and they comfort in the rut. Whereas mm-hmm. what you just said is a really good attitude to look forward to and see what happens, be open to those opportunities, you know, be positive and, and see what comes uh, day, day-to-day experience. That's what life is about. So mm-hmm. With Amen. me, I'm, I'm, I will always em- embrace the light. I mean, uh, I will every day I'll be looking outside or be walking on our walk and I'll just stop and go, honey, oh, look at this. Look at this. And it's daily like this. And it'll inspire something else in a future painting. Uh, and so I really, I just always like to be able to bring whatever I can see to life in a painting. And when I, 
feel like I've done that. It's, it's a heartwarming feeling. So mm. it comes, it comes awesome. down to feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's Very awesome. Guys. So um, Lane, where can people find you? Um, I mean, I know Instagram, but also have you started your YouTube yet? Uh, let's see. I've got uh, basically social media is at, at Lane Johnson studio. So same thing on YouTube, Sandra. Yeah, at Lane Johnson Studio is on Instagram, and the website is just lanejohnson.com. So, uh, you know, I do look forward to doing more on YouTube. Uh, I keep telling Sandra, I'll have to start painting better. And she says, no, we just need to get more people to see your work. Like, yeah. Well, we just need to work on that. Yeah, um, YouTube is great. You guys got to get going there. I tell you um, what, whenever I need to know how to do anything, that's where I go. It's like, how do I get this mm-hmm. rear, rear windshield wiper off of the car? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it's, it's, it's the awesome part, thing about YouTube. Yeah. So people can, if they wanted to learn with you, they can go to your website and that's where they can find your classes. Yes. Uh, it's also on Instagram. If you go into my bio, there's links there. Uh, it's taught through Teachable. A really great uh, uh company that does really well. It's easy to navigate in the courses. That's, I, a lot of people talk about that. And the thing about a course, I think is important for a lot of people is you, some people are nervous about, you know, in, like in a, in a teaching situation or a, um, a live workshop, they're worried about other people watching what they do. They're nervous mm-hmm. about, they're self-conscious about what they're doing. Whereas on, in a course, you can take your time, come in and out of it. You'll pick up right where you were left off can always come back to it. It's evergreen. I mean, you you can come back to it again and again and again, and you can take your time with no pressure. So, mm-hmm. uh, and so for some people, especially people earlier in their painting journeys, that's that's a big deal. And mm-hmm. whereas me, I, in the old days, I, I would be at a conference center, dressed up as a pirate, and painting a Revolutionary War scene, and people were over <laughs> their shoulder. Do you mind if we watch? I said, I don't care. I'm just painting. So. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun. And uh, yeah, just basically at Lane Johnson studio. So great. Awesome. Um, Well, thank you, Lane. It's been so good to have you and to get to know you and Sandra and hear what you're up to and how, what inspires you. And um, thank you to the color by Felix community for listening in. And we hope you guys got a lot out of this episode if you did please be sure to leave a review wherever you're listening and we hope to see you next week again thank you lane awesome meeting you and talking to you it was it was our pleasure um and you know in the future we you know if you don't mind we might have you back and see where you're at you know and how things are doing with love to hear how it's going on youtube yeah you you can meet the wizard behind the curtain too (laughs) (laughs) pay no attention to the man well you know like this this your story is kind of very similar to like my story you know with andrea because she's been- i'm also a wizard behind the curtain yes <laughs> shazam yes definitely. <laughs> well yeah. i just want to say thank you again andrea felix uh sebastian you know, yeah, it's been a great pleasure talking to all of y'all and uh, like too. i said i don't get out much so she doesn't <laughs> let me out no <laughs> i'm gonna be in so much trouble after this is over. <laughs> yeah, well we'll keep in touch on. I think our audience, I think this audience is going to absolutely love your work if they haven't already. I'm sure a huge chunk of them following you. But well, that's, that sounds yeah. good to me. I, I am here to 
do what I do and uh, blessed to be able to do it. So uh, a lot of people are not so blessed. So uh, thank you, God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. So. <laughs> thank you. Thank you again. That's awesome. It was a really fun one. Thank you. Yes. For- You're welcome. See you all next time. Care, yeah. Next keep time. in touch. Take care. Bye. Bye.